0: Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston.
1: The title of the message today is, How Do We Grow in Our Faith? How Do We Grow in Our Faith? In the annals of Christianity, there are numerous stories of people who dared to take God at his word and was never disappointed how do you get faith like those people who have seen God miracles in their lives how can we grow in our faith how can faith be increased we are not the ones who have been concerned about the smallness of our faith look at Luke chapter 17 and verse 5 One day the apostles said to the Lord, We need more faith. Tell us how to get it. All of us as Christians would like to have more faith. If faith is what makes our life rewarding and fulfilling, how does God increase our faith? Is there some seminar that we can attend that's going to build our faith? Are there just books to read that will enable us to increase our faith? Not really. See, here's the secret. And it is not really something you're going to be excited about when you hear it. When you hear it. The truth is, God builds our faith by testing it. Faith grows and becomes strong as it is tested. James Chapter 1 and verse 3 says, For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. The purpose of these tests, says James, is that our faith, or perseverance, will grow and uh, will be more mature and complete. Job says the same thing, speaking from his own experience. In Job chapter 7, 17 and 18, What is man that you make so much of him, that you give him so much attention, that you examine him every morning and test him every moment? Every moment of the day our faith is being tested, says Job. Every day we have faith-building opportunities. The problem is most of us don't recognize them, We don't realize that these opportunities is God trying to help us to grow. And I want to suggest three ways that God tests our faith so that it can grow and be strong. First, we grow in our faith through difficulties. We grow in our faith through difficulties. I'm speaking about trials, problems, pressures, tough circumstances— Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, These trials are only to test your faith, to show that it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, and your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. That's a very powerful verse. The trials and the problems and the difficulties that come into our life come to test and to strengthen our faith in God. Nothing ever happens by accident in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. Everything is father-filtered. Nothing comes into your life without God's permission. So there are accidents in life, of course, but God uses them and our disappointments become God's appointments. Sometimes God has to custom make a, a problem to teach us faith. The prophet Jonah had a custom made problem. You see, the great fish swallowed Jonah and got his attention, and God got his attention. Sometimes God creates problems that swallow us up. And we feel like Jonah, as it says in Jonah chapter 2 and verse 7. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. See, God uses these kinds of things to test our faith. If life was easy, it wouldn't require any faith. If you could feel God's presence at all times, you just go by your feelings. Sometimes God removes the feelings of his presence just so we would learn to trust him in the difficulties that we are experiencing. Here's a great verse when you are going through tough times. Isaiah chapter 48 and verse and verse 10. I have refined you. But not in the way silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. See, the Bible often compares our problems and difficulties to a furnace. The furnace heats up so high that uh, the gold and silver and, and all the impurities in it are, are burnt away. And so we are going through Situations where um, God refines us through the difficulties, through the sufferings, through the problems that we are dealing with day by day. An old silver smith was once asked, "How do you know when the impurities are burned away in the silver?" And he said, "When I can see my reflection in the silver." You see, when God can see his reflection in us, then he knows that the impurities in our life have been burned away. And that's a test. So what should I do when I'm going through the difficulties of life? How should I respond? The Bible tells us in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. He says, when I have a problem, I should rejoice, I should take it easy, I should thank God, praise God, rejoice. Why? Because I know that God is with me, that God has a purpose for my life, and he is going to help me through the problem." God's purpose is greater than the pain or the, or the problem or the difficulty that I'm going through right now. Yes. If I want to learn uh, to live by faith, I must learn to rejoice continually in spite of the situation that I'm in. Because God uses difficulties to build our faith. He builds our faith not in the easy times of life, but in the difficult times. These times are intended by God to make us, not break us, and not only just to make us, but to make us better, not bitter, stronger, not weaker, richer, not poorer. You see, diamonds do not sparkle until they have been cut and polished. Stars do not shine their brightest until it is the darkest and roses do not release their true fragrance until they have been bruised or crushed. Brothers and sisters, we need to realize that God's purpose in allowing difficulties, adverse circumstances, and afflictions to come upon us is to help us not to hurt us, to bless us not to burden us, to develop us not to destroy us, to refine us not to ruin us, and to train us and not to torment us. Then there's a second way. We grow in our faith through giving. We grow in our faith through giving. Do you know that money is one of the greatest tests of faith in your life, in the life of a believer? Few people understand how God uses our material possessions as a test of character and a test of faith. In Luke chapter 16 and verse and verse 11, Jesus said, So if you have not been trustworthy in handling world wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Now what is Jesus talking about here? He is giving a truth to his disciples that is taught all through the scriptures that there is a direct relationship between how I handle my money and the depth of my spiritual life. Jesus is saying that if I am not faithful in handling the material things that God has given me, then he will not trust me with spiritual wealth. If I am not faithful with my possessions, then he will not trust me with spiritual power. Money is a test of our faith in God. What I do with my money really does determine how much God can bless my life. Every time I sit down and write a check for my tithes, knowing that I could be using that money to pay bills, my faith is being tested. Writing to the Corinthian Christians, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verses 7 and 8, But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. You see, giving tests both our love for God and our faith in him. How much do I really love God? Do I put my money where my mouth is? You see, if you have a problem giving money to the Lord to support His work, you also have a problem with the teaching of the scriptures because all through the scriptures we have um, God speaking about, about money and how to use it. The fact is, every time I give to God, my faith grows. Every time I give, it breaks. The grip of materialism in my life Every time I give I grow in love, I grow in hope I grow in faith I grow in spiritual maturity In First Chronicles Chapter 29 The Bible tells us how David and the people of Israel Raised the money to build The temple In First Chronicles twenty-nine and verse 14 David says that This says this after They had all given As a test of their faith says, but who am I and who are my people that we should give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you have already given to us and how true that is. When we give the Lord a tithe, we are simply giving him a tithe out of, out of the 100% that he has given us. David says in this passage that giving not only tests our faith it not only tests our love but it tests the integrity of our heart so you can't say you love the Lord and uh, receive all his blessings and not give him something in order to advance his work, his kingdom God wants to be the Lord of every area of our life how much faith In God does your giving reveals. If God looked at your giving last year, would he say that you really trust him? That you really love him? It is interesting that in giving, God not only tests our faith, but the Bible says that giving tests God as well. Look at um, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. In other words, God is saying, I'm going to play a game with you. You give, you give to me and I will give to you and we'll see who wins. You see, giving not only tests me, it actually tests God and his faithfulness to us. I dare you to put God to the test to see if he will keep his promise to you to meet your ever need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Many of us have grown more in faith in the area of giving than in any other area of her life. The most sensitive nerve in the human body goes from the wallet to the heart. And God says, I want all of you. I want what your giving represents to me. When you give, you're expressing your love and your gratitude to me. But thirdly, we grow in our faith through waiting. So number one, we grow in our faith through difficulties, Number two, we grow in our faith through giving. And three, we grow in our faith through waiting. If every prayer was immediately answered, if every need was automatically met, if every problem was instantly solved, we wouldn't need faith, and our faith wouldn't need to be stretched. But it is not that way. We have to wait on things. It is human nature that we hate to wait. You go to the supermarket and you are ready to check out and you look for the shortest line because you don't want to wait. You're traveling on the highway and you notice that traffic is backed up and so you take an alternate route uh, because you hate waiting. And my experience is that whenever I take an alternate route I spend more time (laughs) than if I continue it. So we wait, hate waiting lines. We hate waiting to be served, uh, to see the doctor, particularly when you go to the emergency department of a hospital. Yet a large percent of our life is spent waiting. If you and I can't learn how God wants to stretch and grow our faith during times of waiting then we miss out on much of the faith lessons that God wants uh, to teach us. A good example of this is the, the people of Israel, as they are on their way from Egypt to the Promised Land. Now, they could have made the journey in two or three weeks, but it ended up taking them 40 years. Now, why all this wasted time, it seemed? because God was more interested in developing their faith and their character than in getting them from point A to point B the fastest way. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 2, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands. That's what happens in times of waiting. God gets to see what's in our heart. Do you ever find yourself in situations where you are in a hurry but God isn't? So why does that happen? Because God is more interested in growing our faith than in anything else. So we start asking the when question while we are waiting. When is my marriage going to get better? When am I going to find the right person to get married? When am I going to get the job I've been waiting for? When am I going to get well? When are we going to have a baby? You see, waiting can develop your faith more than you realize. Some of you are waiting on something right now. Maybe you have been waiting a long time. While you are waiting, God is right there with you. He does not leave you alone. It may be a test, but God uses difficulties. He uses the use of our money, and he uses the delays that we experience to build our faith. Look at what God does Uh, Says um, Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 4 For since the world began No ear has heard And no eye has seen a God like you Who works for those who wait for him It pays to be patient, my brothers and sisters Just remember this While you are waiting, God is working He's doing things behind the scenes in your heart and other people's heart uh, that you cannot see. If I'm really going to grow in faith, and I have to wait patiently because God is not going to snap his fingers and give instant answers to my every prayer. Why not? Because he wants me to grow in faith. Although waiting may try or patience, we'll discover sooner or later, The truth that the scriptures of the scriptures that Christ will never leave us nor forsake us is in our mountain of misery, Christ is our comfort, in our bed of sorrow, Christ is our joy, in our furnace of affliction, Christ is our strength, and in our hour of decision, Christ is our wisdom. See, God has promised His children a safe landing on the shores of eternity. But this does not mean that there will always be a calm passage. The ocean of life may appear to be too large for our small vessels, and the waves may seem so big, and the storms may seem so fierce. But we know that God will see us through to that golden celestial shore. For when Christ is on board our ship, No matter how small, it will not and cannot sink. So what if tragedies may shake our souls? What if circumstances may obstruct our goal? What if difficulties may curtail our duties? What if opposition may test our faith? What if adversity may deny our happiness? What if sufferings may overwhelm our bodies? And what if disease may shorten our lives here on earth? We know that God is still God, and that by his grace and mercy, we can still live for him and please him. For he is our hope, and therefore we can face each day, each trial, each adversity, each problem, each calamity, each situation with full confidence in the one who has led us safe thus far, and therefore will continue to lead us safely home. Each day is a step closer, and any moment could be the moment we have been living for, working for, waiting for, and watching for, but we know that our God will come right on time in order to deliver us so that we can spend eternity in his presence. And as the hymn writer puts it, and I love this hymn, All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know what error befalls me, Jesus doeth all things well. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street, at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424.